Well, aren't you thankful that one day the Word became flesh <laughs> and dwell among us? Uh, last Sunday we looked at and talked about why the Word became flesh. Why that He came to this earth that He created. And today, we're going to continue with those thoughts. Because we know why He came. He came on account of sin. That's why He came. And we get that from Romans 8. So let us start there. Romans 8, verses 3 and 4. And today I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Romans 8, verses 3 and 4. And keep in mind, why did Jesus come? For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. Let me pause there for a moment. That, that, all, that says a lot right there, doesn't it? What the law couldn't do, God did. And how did He do it? By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And who are those who walk according to the Spirit? The born again. Those. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give You thanks. For your, for your word is truth. It, it, it is by your word and the power of your spirit that, that one day you open my eyes. And, and we know that's how you work, Lord. By the truth of your word and by the power of your spirit, you open eyes to see the gospel of Jesus Christ. You open eyes that people may see their sin and their separation from you. You open their eyes that they may see your holiness and your righteousness and their utter depravity. And so, Lord, even today, I pray that you would open eyes to see your glory, to see your majesty. Help us to be drawn closer to you, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. He came on account of sin because of sin. He came to bear the penalty for sin, to pay the cost of sin by going to the cross. We couldn't have the cross without first having the manger, if we want to put it that way. You have to have His coming before you can have His crucifixion and His resurrection and His ascension. So thank the Lord for the account that we have of His glorious coming. In Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, some of these verses we looked at last week, but let us be reminded, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent, sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, and then He gives the why to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. See, Christ came to be the perfect sacrificial lamb, to redeem us, to bear away the sins of all those who believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
1 John 4, verses 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, was, was made visible, was expressed, was so we could see. In, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And again, that's why He came. On account of sin, He came to bring light into a dark place. And we're going to be talking about that some today. So let's go into Matthew, the fourth chapter. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Let's read verses 12 through 16. Matthew 4, verses 12 through 16. Now when Jesus heard that John... And this is John the Baptist. John had been put in prison. He departed Galilee. Jesus departed Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Nebulon and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled that was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, and if you just want to put a note, or if you may already have it there, that's from Isaiah 9 verse 1, is, is, is um, this that's coming up. In verse 15 then, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. And, and remember, when, when did Isaiah write this? 600 years before Christ came and Jesus took the very route that Isaiah prophesied of. And why? Why? The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has come. Light, capital L. Who's it talking about? Jesus Christ. Put yourself in a verse. Put myself in a verse. I sat in darkness. And have seen a great light. I had set in the region and shadow of death. But light has dawned. See, if you're, if you are born again, see that, that's a picture. We were all darkness. But one day, by the grace and mercy of God, light dawned. Second Peter, first chapter, verse 19. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. The, the prophetic word confirmed through Jesus Christ. Isaiah 60 verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. In, God, in John's Gospel, first chapter, first five verses. In the beginning was the Word. We already read that, and the Word became flesh. <laughs> in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus would later say in chapter 12 in John's Gospel, verse 46, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. See, the the world sat in darkness. The world was shrouded in the shadow of death, but then light dawned. The light dawned. Jesus has come to shine light into the darkness that we might see. The light of revelation has come. We read earlier there in Matthew 4.16 that the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. See, the light of Christ has come. The light that would bring eternal life to all who would believe. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes. (laughs) Because we were all once darkness, amen? All of us, all of us, that's Ephesians 5 verse 8. Let's just look at verse 8. For you were once darkness. For the born again, we can consider that and, and thank the Lord of what we once were and who we are now in Christ. But you see, there's many, many, many who are still in darkness. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. All once in darkness. All once in sin. We've been working our way through Romans. Romans has definitely taught us that so far, hasn't it? That all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. All in darkness. All in the shadow of death. But Christ came that we might have the light of life. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I want us to go back some 2,000 years. Let's go back to when Jesus was eight days old. Let's read the account in Luke the second chapter. Luke the second chapter. We're going to read verse 21 through 32. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him, they brought Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was ju- was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Did the Holy Spirit move on the face of the earth before? Crucifixion and resurrection? Yes. Yes. 
Here's a devout man that the Spirit of the Lord was upon. And he was waiting for the consolation of, of, of Israel. He was waiting for the Messiah. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And how's that for a, a promise of that day? The Lord, the Holy Spirit speaking to Simeon, Simeon, you're not going to die until you see it. Until you see the miracle. Until you see the Messiah. And this is His day. See, this is His day. So He came by the Spirit into the temple. Does the Lord direct direct our thoughts and our minds by the Spirit? Oh, what, what, do we listen? Do we listen? Do we discern? Well, He did. He did. He came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for Him according to the custom of the law, you, you understand what they're doing, bringing Him in for circumcision. He, Simeon, took Him, took the baby Jesus in His arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now You are letting Your servant depart in peace according to Your Word. For my eyes have seen Your salvation, which You have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of Your people Israel. Man, what a statement. What a glorious truth. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. You know, not, not just the Jews. He wasn't coming as just king of the Jews, but to those who were once far off, to the, those who were outside the covenants of promise. And, and now he will bring them near by his own blood. Oh, let, let's read. I, I know I read this so often. Let's go into Ephesians second chapter. We, we, we got to read it. Second chapter of Ephesians verses 11 through 13. We'll, we'll, we'll condense it down a little bit today. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. See, that was every one of us at one time. But now, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, by the sacrifice of Christ upon the cross, that we can now come into that covenant relationship with God the Father. Through Jesus Christ. If we drop down to verse 19. Now therefore. Having been brought near you see. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners. But fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. See so praise his holy name. Jesus the light has come. John 8 verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And in John twelve forty six, let's read this again. 
I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And you know the question. You know the question, do you believe? Do you believe? Because light has come. And Jesus said, whoever believes in me, oh, you'll not be in darkness any longer. Those who by faith truly believe. Let's go into John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 14. Let's read down through verse 21 today. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Talking about being lifted up on the cross. Moses in the, in the, the wilderness, the, the curse had come upon the people. They were being bitten by the serpents. God had sent the curse upon them. They were being bitten by the serpents and they were dying. God told Moses what to do so that they could be saved, so that they could be cured. Fashioning a golden serpent, put it up on a pole, lift it up high. All who look to that will be saved, will be healed, you see. And that is Christ. Lift it up. We were all dying under the curse of sin. We were all bound by hell. But now, because Christ was lifted up, we look to Him. Look, look unto me, all the ends of the earth, and be saved. Look to Him. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why? That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Why would He be condemned already? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Did you see how important that question is? So simple a question, but eternal consequences. Let's keep going. Now this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. What is the condemnation? They fail to come to the light. They fail to believe. So come to the light. Believe that your condemnation might be Removed. So so you might say, there is therefore now no condemnation because I am Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus my Lord. John 12, verse 36. Oh, now listen. Now listen. While you have the light, believe in in the light that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become children of light. So I pray that the Lord would have mercy and open the eyes of those who are yet in darkness. In Acts 26, verse 18. Acts 26, verse 18. Jesus came, what? To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness 
to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That's why He came. That's why He came. To open eyes. To turn them from darkness to light. Turn them from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. Aren't you thankful, child of God, that we have an inheritance that, that, that is undefiled, that is reserved in heaven for us and waiting for us? Call upon Him, believing, confessing, repenting, receiving Christ, and He will give you the light of life. And if you have received Christ, then rejoice. Rejoice, child of light. Give thanks to Him for calling you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. That's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9-10. through 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people. See, that's the born again. That's the elect of God. Why? 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 A chosen nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, special people. Why? that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. To tell others, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, you see. Verse 10, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Say, thank the Lord for His mercy and grace. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you get that? The same God of creation that commanded, let there be light. One day, in a sense or in a way, made that same proclamation to you when He said, let there be light. Do you see that? What a, what a glorious thought. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in my heart to give me the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What a, what a glorious thought. We read Ephesians 5, 8, but let's, let's add verses 9 and 10. Verses 5, 8 through 10. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. See, if we're truly born again, then we have the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit will be evident in our lives. And that we'll be looking to the Word of God. That we will be praying and be listening to the Holy Spirit. That we will be finding out what is true and right and acceptable. Pleasing to our Heavenly Father. So this morning, if you are born again, then walk as a child of light. Remembering that one day 
He called you out of darkness into that marvelous light. 1 John 1, 5-7 This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. So it's one thing to say, well, I'm a Christian. It's one thing to say, well, yeah, that's me. I'm a child of light. But your walk, your talk, those things that you say and do will bear witness, will be the fruit that will bear witness of whether or not it is a true saving faith. We have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. Now, does that mean we will never stumble? That we will never sin? Is that what it's saying? If we sin, that means that, that we are not walking in the light? Now, now listen, because it tells you there, we lie and do not practice the truth. You see, we, we've talked about this often throughout the years. It's talking about a practice of life. It's not talking about perfection. Uh, I, as soon as I say that, I feel I need to qualify it. In Christ Jesus being born again, I am perfected in my identity in Christ. Okay? But in my living while yet on this earth, I am prone to sin. I have been rescued from the, the penalty of sin. That's my identity. But the power of sin is still upon the face of this earth. And I'm still prone to temptation. And so are you. Still prone to say things I shouldn't say. Still prone to do things I shouldn't do. But that is, praise the Lord, that is not the practice of my life. That is not the entirety of my life. Because when I do something, He will convict me by the Word and by the Holy Spirit so that I, I may repent and, and continue to walk in, in, in fellowship with Him. To, to have that desire to be fully pleasing to Him. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, in Christ Jesus, we will stand one day holy, blameless, and above reproach. That's identity. But while yet on this earth, we are prone, susceptible to sin. Are we not? But if the practice of our life is darkness... And that's all we do. We have no consideration for the things of God or of God. What's that an indication of? No spirit. Unregenerate soul. But for the child of God, we're children of light. And we need to remind ourselves of that. There's a passage here in First Thessalonians. Let's go ahead and read it. First Thessalonians 5, first six verses. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, Peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, 
so that this day should overtake you as a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of the day. You are not of the night nor of darkness. So who's he talking to there? To the born again. To the believers. Therefore, therefore, since you are not darkness, therefore, since you are sons of light, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. See, we're not called to salvation to just sit back and wait for Him to take us to glory. But we are called to live for Him while we're here. To not slumber and sleep, but to watch and be sober, be diligent. Jesus said this in Matthew 5. You you all know this. Verses 14 through 16. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, we're called to work. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. But we are saved for good works. See, see, never confuse that. We're not saved by works, but we are saved for good works, which He has planned out and laid before us that we may walk in them. See, may, may the true believer never be tempted to put a basket over their land. The temptation will come to, to do that, though, won't it? Well, how? Well, perhaps you're in a conversation. And maybe there's some unbelievers there. And, and so they're saying all manner of things that you that things that you know is not true. And the Lord is giving you a nudge to speak up and say something, but you don't. What have you done? You've put a basket over your light, didn't you? Do you see? Don't, don't, don't hide your light. Under a basket, don't dim, don't be ashamed. Apostle Paul, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed when the Holy Spirit nudges. And I hope you've all had that experience that you just know. Because we're called to discern things that you know. It's the Lord that's asking you to do this or say this. or So don't. Be ashamed. Don't put a basket over your light. May we walk worthy. May I walk worthy. Even as I say that, it just sounds impossible. How could I walk worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? How, how could, we can only endeavor to do it by the truth of God's Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. It's not me. It's got to be Him. It's not you. It's got to be Him. If we ever get thinking, it's me. It's me. Oh, look what I did. I guarantee you this. He will knock the feet right out from underneath you. He will. If you are His, He will. He will knock your feet out from underneath you. He will bring you down. 
He will humble you. Until you come to that point of saying, Yes, Lord. It's you. It's you. It's not me. It's not me. Colossians 1. Let's read verses 9 through 14. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins. And what a great passage. What a great prayer. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul, for praying such a prayer for me. One more verse. Psalms 27, verse 1. I hope you can say this this morning. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we give You thanks for Your Word. And I pray that just by Your Spirit, You have spoken to every heart here today. That You would help us all to know You more. That You would help us to, to walk as we should. And Lord, perhaps if there would be one who is yet lost that has heard today or will hear this sermon in a future time, that Lord, that through the truth of the gospel of Christ and by the power of your Spirit, that Lord, you would have mercy and draw them to yourself. Open their eyes, Father. Show them the way through Jesus Christ. And Father, for those of us who have been born again, we give thanks. Oh, how can we cease from giving thanks for what You have done through sending Your Son? So Father, help me and help all, all of the born again to walk as we should, to talk as we should, to shine our light always and never, never put it under a basket. Lord, the temptation will come to do so. It will. But Lord, give us faith. Faith to stand. So Lord, help us that we would be thoroughly equipped for every good work that You have placed before us. Lord, strengthen us, help us, uphold us by Your righteous right hand, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.